Welcome to a new episode of Wizards After Dark, and uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. We got a, a, a very, a very special episode today. Um, I got my, I got my producer pressing the buttons, Andrew, Andrew Schlecht on the line. What's up, Fred? And uh, and and sitting right here, virtually in front of me on the Zoom, is uh, one of the guys I've been wanting to get on the pod for a while because one of the best interviews of anybody I've ever covered. Uh, Ish Smith. What's going on, Fred? Andrew. Hey, y'all don't listen to Fred, man. He gives me a hard time. I give him a hard time. So <laughs> this is this is not the truth. We just, nah, I mess with you guys. Nah, man. Thanks for having me on. It, ish, have you have you ever like gotten? You don't have to say the reporter. Have you ever gotten like into it with with a reporter who's covered you? No, you know what? Everybody's doing their job. So for me, like I'm trying to make it as easy as possible. Uh, I can't tell you that after the game, I might get in the car and say some, you know, choice words. But, I mean, honestly, you guys are reporting on what you see. So if I didn't put a good product out on the floor, then you're going to tell me what you saw. And I've learned that everything is, uh, you know, based on the, the point of view. And, and, and so I don't get really too frustrated at any reporter or any, you know, situation because I, I do feel like you have control of it. So I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you saved me earlier this year. Well, I haven't. There, what was, I do? there was a game like midwinter. Okay. where I decided, you know what? I really like the turtleneck look, but I never do it because I don't think I can pull it off. Uh-huh. And there was a game earlier this year where I was like, you know what? Screw it. I went out, I bought a, a black turtleneck sweater mm-hmm. and I, I wore it under a, under a blazer to a game. Now I was like, I was, I was really feeling myself. And the second I walk into the media room, Candace Buckner covers the Wizards for the I'm Washington Post. The second I walk into the media room, Candace looks at me and says, you look like a 1960s jazz musician. <laughs> the second I walk in. And every single time I see someone new, they make some offhand remark. Like Scott Hall runs media for the Wizards. Scott yes. Hall says, says to me, the second he sees me, says, oh, where's your flute, Ron Burgundy? So I'm just getting wow. killed, killed the whole time <laughs> until – until the post-game scrum after the game, I have no idea who the game was against or what the result was. But no, until the post-game scrum after the game, when you are talking to media members and you turn to me in the middle of an answer and you say, oh, wow, that turtleneck's fly. Yo, so I like it. Let me tell you why. So I used to. So last year, obviously in Detroit, like I was out like, I want to say, nine, I played like 56 games when I got hurt. And, and so I used to have to like dress up. And so I, you know, was pulling off the, you know, the collar shirts and that was, you know, I had like a suit in rotation and then I had a shirts. I had a lot of shirts that I had in rotation. So then one day I was like, man, forget it. I'm about to throw on a turtleneck. And so I threw on a turtleneck and I was like, you know what? This isn't bad. So for like a week straight, I, I, I like wore the turtleneck and I thought it looked nice. So when I saw you, I'm like, okay, Fred, like you pulled that one off, big dog. <laughs> so tell him to get off your back, man. Good gracious. Yeah, no, I'm 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 asking for it. I feel like I feel like um, I I I was totally asking for it. I totally deserved every part of it. And you know what? I would wear the turtleneck again. That's my guy. I would be thrilled to do it. I would be thrilled to do it. But I'd also be lying that if I put it on again, I and said I I wouldn't be thinking about how I was going to get it That's walking funny. into the arena. How's the time? I'm really good, man. Nah, How's you know what, man? It's been good. Um, you know, I've been able to get some time in to like just kind of. Soak everything else in, reflect. Uh, I try to use these moments to kind of, you know, I've been here by myself. So just talking to my family, 
friends, you know, just kind of staying in tune with everything and, and watching a lot of film. My dad sent me all these high school tapes. So I just been watching old high school tapes and, um, you know, just staying working out as much as we could possibly can during the quarantine time. And then once it kind of got, obviously, you know, phase one or phase two, whatever phase we're in right now, uh, you know, now it's a little bit more lax and we can go in and um, obviously still with protection and different things like that, but still going to the gym and, and get some work in. But that was hard. I don't think I've been that, like, went that long without dribbling about, well, I dribbled in my house, but, uh, you know, going out, shooting the basketball and doing those different things. So uh, it was something new. And it's weird because when you get something taken away from you that you, like, you know, really love and really enjoy, all you can do is, you know, lean back on, you know, watching tape, watching film. Thank God for the Jordan documentary. But uh, it's just the first time I had not shot a basketball at a rim. Do you have to, like, because you've also got kind of a funky shot to begin yeah. with, fundamentally. Yeah. Like, do yeah. you, when you get back on the court, because I know, like, your shot is more about just, like, having a repeatable motion than it yeah. is having, like, picture-perfect fundamentals, right? Yeah. And just making sure you get in your habit. So, right. like, is is your shot specifically, like, is it when you don't shoot for four months, is it just completely inconsistent? Like, do you have to rebuild your shot almost right now? No, so that's a good thing. And that's what I tried to like look at the situation like that. Like, okay. So I think last year, I don't, I don't ever look at numbers. I'm afraid you gotta help me out. Like, I don't ever look at numbers. But uh, I had a friend of mine, he sent me something, was like, bro, you shot 37% this year. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's great. So then in my mind, I'm like, I'm talking about from three, not from the floor, from three. So I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, okay, like with this little, you know, funky motion or whatever the case is, I've perfected it to this level. Can I smooth it out a little bit more? So then you start watching guys. For me, it's like watching guys, watching really good shooters, uh, working on different technique and different things, um, and using this time maybe to smooth it out. My shot is my shot. If you could smooth it out a little bit more, make it a little bit more one motion, you know, different things like that. So I've actually used time like that to kind of like, try to improve those things and see if you can get to 40%, at me. I, you know, um, and see if you can kind of improve those things. Because as you get older, this is what I always tell people, you become a little bit more wiser in the way you play. Um, and you become a little bit more technical in the way you can fix different things and try to improve on certain things. So I've tried to use that time. We'll see if it, you know, has improved, if it's gotten better, but I try to, I'm always trying to get better at some stuff. And I, I promise you, Fred, you're never too old to get older. I mean, never too old to get better at, at you know, at specific things. I, I hate when people be like, man, you're 30 something years old now, or you're, you're 50 years old now. You can't, no, you can always improve on things. All right. I'm going to come at you with a hardball question. Let's go. This one's going to be tough. How many, if you had to estimate how many hours a week, how many hours a week would you say that you've played Madden over the last three months? Yo, so listen, <laughs> I've been killing it. No, friend, I'm in, y'all laughing. Andrew, I see you laughing, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have gotten so much better. So you gotta understand, I started with like Dragon Ball Z. So like okay. playing Dragon Ball Z and my fiance sent that to me. And so I'm like playing the game, playing the game, playing uh, Dragon Ball Z. And then all of a sudden, like I get to this level where I'm fighting, like Vegeta's fighting himself. And they cheating, I promise you guys, they cheating. So I'm like, I'm done. Almost broke my remote through it, right? <laughs> so, but I'm playing, like I'm going back and forth with Madden. And uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to just play Mad. And so I'm doing these seasons. 
And Fred gonna pick with me earlier in the quarantine time. I think I had uh, who did I have the Texans? And That's what I'm you told like, me. I had the Texans, and I went like ten and six lost. I didn't, the next year won the Super Bowl. The next year won the Super Bowl. So then I'm like, all right, this is boring. So then I switched teams. So then I think the next team I went was like um, Patrick Mahomes them, and I'm just throwing bombs with Tyreek Hill. That's all I'm doing, just throwing bombs with Tyreek Hill. So. One of my homeboys coming to town, uh, Alfred Camille. I know a lot of y'all know him. And so he comes into town. He's like, yo, you know what I mean? I'm a, his uh, family on his wife's side lives here and uh, it's from DC and Virginia area. So he comes into town and, you know, obviously we're in lax mode now. And so he came in this weekend. And so we've been playing video games all day long. So I think we even split right now. Like he beat the crap out of me the other day. I had a, uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I was going to go with Patrick Mahomes and he went with the Patriots and put Stefan Gilmore on freaking Tyreek Hill. Followed him everywhere. I'm like, man, you cheating. And I'm all, I'm just trying to throw deep ball. I'm just trying to throw deep ball. Man, Patrick Mahomes had like five or six picks. So I, I got to clean that up. But other than that, like I got him. So I was three on one the first day we played against each other. I think yesterday, or two days ago, he was one and three against me. So I think he might come back through today. And so I'll let y'all know. I'll give y'all an update how that went. It's, I think the nerdiest conversation I've had with anyone during this entire quarantine period was when you and I were texting about how it's so much more satisfying in your Madden season when you actually lose early in the playoffs in the first, the first season and then you go on to win because it's so much more realistic and it makes it seem like the game's not BS. And I look back on that and I was like, that? that was like true quarantine border. (laughs) That is the conversation. That was like the moment of like, I have run out of things to say to other other people. It was real though. It's the competitiveness (laughs) in us. It was real. It wasn't, it wasn't anything fake y'all. That was real. And I really said that with my heart. Like I was like, this one, listen, I'm telling y'all that hurt. Like when I lost that, I was mad because I do think that, no offense to man, I do think the internet be cheating. I have a way that arcade mode be cheating, but I lost in like the second round and I was heated. And I think the next next season I went like 14 and two. All right. So speaking of your competitiveness, I have spoken to coaches about this mm-hmm. and everybody mentions when I mention you, everybody mentions how hard you go specifically in practice. Oh, yeah. And I get that. that That's not surprising at all to me, considering you came in undrafted and like bounced around with a million different teams. And that's like that that's a common trait that guys who have your career path have. They tend to go really hard in practice. Teams like, you know, a third point guard who is just going to annoy the hell out of their starter and their backup during practices and all that kind of stuff. Like that's that's one of the many ways that you can end up sticking, especially as a point guard. Right. How. How often, but you're also like off the court or even on the court, like you don't really get into it with guys, but when you're going really hard in practice, how often does that end up turning into like a dust up in practice for you? Well, I went, when I go hard, like y'all know how I play. I'm not out there like undercutting cats or like tripping them while they running after the basketball. No, no, no. I'm actually like, I'm a competitor. So when we compete, like we're going to compete. And people don't understand this. I remember my first five years in the league, I was on veteran teams. And so for me, other people's path was a little different, you know, first round, second round, or maybe you got, you know, went undrafted to a situation to where you can play right away. Uh, 
But for me, you know, Houston Rockets, I was behind Aaron Brooks, Cal Lowry. I remember when I was in, um, shoot, man, good gracious, so many places, y'all. Um, I was just always behind veteran guards. It was simple as that. So for me, whenever I competed, I just was like, when I get my opportunity, um, I need to be ready. Uh, I need to be ready to play at a high level and not just in spot minutes. No, you're never going to be able to prove, you know, you can prove that you can stay, that you, you know, deserve to stay. But when you're competing against these guys, you need to have the confidence. Like when I get my opportunity and a chance um, and so I have to play extended amount of minutes for a long period of time, I got the confidence because I played against Russell Westbrook. He was He's one of the best point guard and we went toe to toe. And you got to understand Russ, when he competes, he competes at a high level. Uh, Kyle Lowry, in practice, when I first came into Houston, oh, he competes at a high level. Um, so I just have always competed. Like, I love it. Like, I love, like, if we're going to go out there and play, let's go hoop. Uh, let's don't, you know, no half stepping, no, no, you know, juggling around. So it's not really any dust ups. And the good thing is, I've always been on teams where guys compete and they play at a high, high level and they come at you. And so uh, it's never been any much dust ups. I think the last dust up I had might have been college. Uh, <laughs> We was and it had nothing to do with going hard. It was just one of them practices. We must have lost like three or four in a row my freshman year. We were all freshmen. I remember diving on the floor and I just tore a ligament in my thumb. But you know, Skip was gonna tell me he was a <laughs> got to be a hard guy. You know, you got to play hard. Are you a tough guy? He's from Pittsburgh. God rest his soul. And so he used to. Uh, so we having one of these hard practices and I dive on the floor. One of my other teammates, LD Williams, dove on the floor and by accident rolled over on my thumb. I was like, ah, man, like, you know, whatever dust up we was going to have, it wasn't nothing mm-hmm. crazy. And I think L was like, yo, I didn't even mean to do that. And I think it was the thumb and then it was the frustration of losing so much uh, that freshman year. Probably all came out of that, but it wasn't nothing crazy. That's one. Of, that's a good friend of mine. We laughed it off and then kept it moving. But uh, that, that, no, no dust ups in the league. We just, you know, compete and play hard. Were, uh, were you on the Zoom call on Friday? The famous... No, no, no. Famous Zoom call that made its way to Twitter. <laughs> nah, it wasn't. How did that make it? I don't know how that made it to Twitter. It always, with, with Shams and Woj, it always makes it to Twitter, Good my friend. Christ, I don't know. Somebody got a, got a leak. If I knew exactly how it made it to Twitter, I would be as successful as Shams. Right, I know, right. <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody telling somebody something, but it is what it is. What, what's your impression of, of whether or not to go to Orlando? What are your thoughts on that? Because I mean, there are a million different reasons, right? There's, yeah. there's, there's political stuff. There's Black Lives Matter. There's yeah. the safety. Where do, where do you fall on all that? I'm a hooper, just first and foremost, uh, I, and I can only give it. I'm gonna give it to you from my perspective, and then I'm gonna take myself out of my shoes and look at it from other guys' perspective. But I'm a hooper. I want to play. Um, I mean, we're gonna be playing anyway. If guys want to play, we'll be going to play down the street. I seen kid, you know, some guys across the street hooping. I almost went over there and hoop. Like, you're going to hoop somehow, some way. Um, I understand that you hoop and then you go home. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not uh, kind of in a confined space or whatever the case is. And that can be difficult for a lot of people. I get it. Uh, being in that three months, it's a lot of, you know, rules and regulations, um, a lot of different things. And so I understand that side of it. I understand that the, first and foremost, you know, obviously the COVID and, and what we're going through in today's time um, with social justice and, and all those different things that are going on. So I understand guys wanting to continue to lead that pack. Um, so I'm not knocking them for that. Um, not knocking them for the health reason, reasons of being away from your family. Uh, but 
I think for myself, like I, I like the hoop. And for me, um, I know we communicate and we talk, but for the most part, my mother and father taught me, now, son, I need you to do it now. Like you need to, like if I, if I really want some change, I need to get in the face of some of those some of those people and I need to be on the ground. I need to communicate. I need to uh, stay in my communities and keep feedback in my communities. That, those are things that I have to do. So I, I don't do a lot of talking. Um, you know, a lot of things that I do around the community. I'm from back home, community here, community when I was in Detroit, just so many different areas. Um, but I don't want no pat on the back for that. That's my duty and that's my job that I feel like the Lord's blessed me and bestowed this upon me. I have to give it out. I have to bless others. I have to build my community, build other people. Like that is a must. That is something that I don't feel like I need a pat on the back for that. And I don't have, need to, huh? Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. And I, and so for me, that's, that's where I stand, but I understand other guys and I know we're in a, a, um, a groundbreaking moment. And so with that being said, I, I think, um, I think God see it. They're seizing the moment. And I love it. I, I tell them to keep going, keep pushing um, and keep fighting for what, you know, what, you know, the equality, what we standing for, what we have to stand for, for things to get better. And like I said, the health reasons, the mineral, it's a lot of different things um, that you have grown men that you're telling them like, yo, this is what I need you to do uh, just for the three months. You, you guys put out. And, and when I say you guys, I mean, specifically the Wizards players, because I think the Wizards were the only NBA team to kind of do this this way with their initial George Floyd statement where the players actually crafted together a statement and the players put out a statement. And it was one of the most strongly worded statements of any NBA team. Uh, You guys talked about how you are not going to take, um, you know, intolerance and you are no longer going to accept police brutality. You are no longer going to accept uh, racial injustice. You 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 talked about inefficient or ineffective leadership, and you said Black Lives Matter, and a lot of statements to that point were not acknowledged. They were milk toast statements, right? Just like we condemn racism. Congrats, way to take a way to take a bold stand and not mention police brutality and not mention Black Lives Matter and not mention all of these issues that people are actually trying to change, right? You guys, you guys put that out. What was that process like for you? Not just of putting it together. Uh, does 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 it mean anything to you guys as players of being able to be able to say and do something? And I should say, put out that statement in a way that other NBA players hadn't necessarily done yet. Well, first and foremost, I, I think we all have a voice, but how you articulate it and how you speak on it is powerful. And I wish, you know, people would know, like we all as a team and it looked like it was us, but I'm gonna tell you something. Bradley Bill has been so special in during this time. And we all were kind of hurting. Uh, we were all kind of, I know some guys, it was so many different emotions of how guys were feeling. I know for me, uh, I just was kind of just kind of, I hate to use this this terminology, but kind of paralyzing the moment where you're kind of like stuck. Like, you know, what what do I say? Should I say? What should I do? Should I not move? Guys were kind of in that moment, and I thought Brad stepped up big and just how powerful uh, that statement was. He came up with that that statement, 
And, you know, he sent it to us, you know, asked us what we thought of it. I was speechless. I was like, I, I don't even know why you asked me this. You should have just did it on my IG for me. I, I'm telling you, it, it was so powerful what he said. And so to the point, so precise. Um, so, you know, so many different things that he brought up in that short moment, in that short uh, three or four passages we posted on our IG. It was, uh, Brad has been special during this whole time. And, and he, he means it. He knows we got to hit the ground running. And I think a lot of us, who really got impacted by it, who, you know, want to do some things and want to change some things. Uh, they know now we've said something, now we have to do some things. And, and so I got to give Brad a hundred percent of that credit with that. Um, but moving forward, like I said, now we're like, okay, what can we do? What can we do? Um, who do we need to get in the face of? Who do we need to speak to? Who do we need to talk to? How do we continue to build our communities home and here? Um, how do we, you know, how do we, you know, I got a book right here. I'm, I'm right all my notes in of what I need to do moving forward. And so um, it's good to speak on it. And we're speak, we spoke on it. And like I said, Brad did a powerful statement, allowed us to, to post it. And then Monumentum did the same thing, came up with a powerful statement and, and was allowed to, which Brad came up with too as well. And, and then, you know, we, we posted that as well. Um, but now, like I said, you, we, we have to make some kind of action and, and everybody's feeling is different. Some might be social injustice. Some might be, um, you know, economic in, in our communities. Some might be education. Some, you have to find what you're, you know, what you want to do. And then in that, build on that. So you guys are going to have a platform in Orlando, assuming Orlando happens. You guys are going to have a platform <laughs> where the whole world is watching. Right. And but for what it's worth. I, I get to be to be perfectly honest, when when Kyrie first made the points about and I started to see initial points about, um, you know, wanting to stay back and yeah. thinking how that could be more helpful. My my initial reaction, which I, I wasn't incredibly confident in because I'm not a racing culture expert, but my initial reaction was wouldn't the platform of playing in NBA games allow you something greater? And and I watched um, Dave Chappelle's 846. And Chappelle, oh, it's so good, man. It's just so good. It's He's just the greatest communicator. It's unbelievable. And I say that in part because I watch it. And he says that he, 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 he talked about one of the first nights after George Floyd was killed. And he talked about how um, Don Lemon was on CNN and he was calling out all these celebrities to say something. And he said that Don Lemon called him out. And he said, nobody wants to hear from me. I don't need to be talking as a celebrity. This is the time to let the streets talk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that like, when you say it like that, it makes so much more sense. Like Kyrie doesn't want to speak as a celebrity. He wants to be part of the streets talking. Right. And that makes so much more sense. That being said, there's also a huge platform. Like, I don't think there's a right way to do it as long as you're actually on the right side of this. Right. Yeah. So that said, there's a huge platform in Orlando. You say you want to go to Orlando. Do you guys have anything? Do you guys have anything planned that you want to do? Are you, do you have plans of plans? No, basically what we've been doing once, once we put out that statement now is moving forward on what we need to do uh, and more action. Um, and so that, that's where we're at now. Um, 
that's where, you know, and I say that again, that's where we're at now. And so now we're trying to figure out, you know, what are the specific actions we need to do? Do we need to teach voting? Do we need, what do we need to do? Um, and sometimes people don't understand. We want change to happen like right then and there. Like, yo, he's supposed to like, and sometimes it's like a slow grind and you have to keep building to where you look back in 10 years and you're like, oh, wow, look where that is. And we're started here. And um, sometimes it happens immediately. Sometimes it does. Um, so I think guys are trying to seize the moment. Um, and like I said, I, I get what Kai is saying. Um, I get where he's coming from. Um, now, will he ever be a part of the streets? No. Let, let's be totally 100% honest. Um, you know, you can empathize and take yourself out of somebody's shoes. That's that's the best way to kind of do it. Um, but it's hard. You know what I mean? It, it, it's going to be hard for me. I tell people all the time, it's hard for me as an African-American man to know how it feels and to be an Asian man, I don't know how it feels. Um, and then vice versa, it's going to be hard for somebody to know, you know, where I come from, a kid from Southeast D.C. Like, it's just going to be hard. And, and so, you know, I know a lot of people are like, man, you either, you know, you got to speak up, you got to know. A lot of times people don't know. And you, you got to educate yourself or either listen or just be like, man, I'm with you. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm with you. And sometimes standing with uh, it's just, you know, the best bet. So I, I think guys are trying to, you know, figure out, we, we haven't even kind of came up with a plan. I think it's more action uh, on the groundwork here to, to, to improve those things. Being quarantined with people, you, uh, you learn a lot more about them. And some of that is how they smell. And if you are a man and you're looking to smell good, you've got to check out Hawthorne. I got some of their soap, body wash, deodorant, and lotion in the mail in a package, really a beautiful package. And it is great. It got this giant bar of soap that I've been using. It not only exfoliates, but it makes your, your skin just smell and feel so good. It's easily the best soap I've ever owned. And I've owned a lot of different soaps, but this is easily the best soap. And it's a great gift for Father's Day. So they've got cologne, they have soap, they have all kinds of body wash and lotion, they have like hand cream and things like that that'll just make you smell great. And I think one challenge that, that men have is when you walk into a store, maybe you're going to find cologne, maybe you're going to find a good smelling soap. I don't know what I'm looking for, and I'm sure that you guys don't either. And so Hawthorne makes it super easy. You take a two minute, two minute quiz when you get onto their website, that's hawthorne.co, when you go to their website, and you take the quiz, and it actually... Ask them like random questions and some questions specific to you. And it kind of spits out this algorithm that gives you your kind of soap and your cologne scent, which is really cool. And it is so helpful to me because I don't want to have to choose that. I really don't care about choosing what it is. But Hawthorne does it for you and it does it right. So listeners, check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E dot C-O, not dot com. Hawthorne.co and use the promo code down to dunk to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use the promo code down to dunk to get 10% off of your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. All right. I got some lighter, some lighter topics for you. Oh, no. How, how concerned are NBA players about rim mics with no crowds picking up all of the trash talk and all of the potentially wildly offensive things that they say in games? I think you'd be surprised how many guys don't really kind of talk trash like that. You you might get some trash talking at the like the end of the game when like free throws, 
Uh, like, let's say it's a close game, guy on a free throw line, you might get some stuff like that. Like, uh-oh, he going to give us one. You know, ball don't lie. You might hear some of that stuff. But you'll be y'all be surprised. Like, guys, don't, we don't really like, you know, like <laughs> when I go back and look at MJ's documentary, oh, they talk trash. Uh, when I first came in the league, um, guys would talk some trash now. Uh, that was like 2010. Uh, but for the most part, guys are like, you know, we all kind of have a mutual respect for each other and we kind of go at it. We, you can get a little chippy for the most part, but, you know, I don't think it'd be too crazy. I don't think you would hear anybody going too crazy, like MFing people and, you know, calling them out of their names or whatnot. Um, so I, I don't I don't think it'll be as bad. You might see some guys get hot and you know dance a little bit, prance and like stuff like that. But uh, like mutual talk, like man, I had you on that one. Like you know, just talking like that. Like that, yeah. that's the feel of the game. I think people like we kind of play with. It's a mutual respect because you gotta understand. And next guy can go for thirty. It don't matter who it is. Um, and so you you gotta you know you gotta have that kind of. I heard Deion Sanders say something. Deion Sanders was like, yo, I'm prime time. Like I played and everybody was like, man, you, you know, you had like a, you, you had this way about you. He was like, no, but I never talked down to none of my players. I respected them all. Like I never like talked down to them. I was more talking about who I was. I wasn't mm-hmm. really, you know, worried about, you know, I had the mutual respect for the next guy. So I would always respect the next guy. So I think we had that, you know, across the league, all 450 of us and, I guess you got to subtract 18. So, um, you know, 330 of us, like I want to say. So, um, you know, we'll have a mutual respect for each other. But it'd be fun to kind of hear the, hear the rhetoric going back and forth. Uh, during the quarantine, do you think you've watched more tape of the Wizards or more tape of Everybody Loves Raymond? <laughs> uh, everybody Loves Raymond. I took my mind off of the uh, – because, I, you know, one thing about me, Andrew, I watch, I watch the games – uh, but once I watch them, like, I'm done with them. Like, I got to wash my hands because I know I, I watch the games to see if it comes up again, if we play that team again, what they might do. Uh, or I might watch it to see, okay, maybe I should have done these things differently. But for the most part, like, I'm not going to freaking wreck my brain. Like, man, if I would have hit that shot, man, if I would have done that, no, I want to wash my hands from it and get in here and start uh, watching uh, Raymond. It's funny because the executive producer hit me up. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The executive producer he hit me up and was like, he's a huge fan, and I was like, oh wow. And so he, uh, we we talked. I said, once all this stuff clears up, he said he was gonna come to the game when we play in New York. He lives in New York. I said, perfect. He said he was gonna try to bring Raymond and and some of the other guys that you know was on the show. I was like, perfect. He's like his personal assistant, and they like real, real tight. I was like, perfect. Looked him up and everything, and you know it was it was kind of cool. You met, I was like, man, I didn't, you I didn't met Raymond before. I've never met him. I've never met him before. You think he'll be a little starstruck? Who, me? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that doesn't happen a lot for me. But but I know for a fact I will probably be a little uh, starstruck in how I, uh, <laughs> how I react with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you spent a little bit of time in OKC. I actually covered the Thunder. I'm in Oklahoma City okay. right now. So uh, t- tell me a little bit about that that time joining that particular team? Cause there was just a lot of weird things going on with that team that year. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of stuff going on. We, um, you remember if I came, I came in and a lot of guys were hurt. Yep. I was like the exception. It mm-hmm. was like, Katie was out. Russ was out. Um, Reggie, no Reggie actually, that's how Reggie kind of got going. Yep. If you remember Reggie yep. started playing really, really well. 
Uh, Sebastian Telford was the backup PG. Yep. Um, I think Jeremy Lamb might have been banged up. Um, it was a lot of guys that was out. So those experiences, uh, I remember meeting Coach Brooks and uh, Coach Pack, and I remember we just, you know, immediately had a, had a connection. So I worked out with Coach Pack every day, every day, every day. And uh, me and Coach had kind of a connection because he was like a guy that had been a lot of different places and had to fight through some things. So me and him hit it off right away. Uh, but I knew in those situations, like, all right, I got to be good. And that's one yeah. of the things people don't understand. Like, when you get your opportunity, you got to be really good. You got to step up so you can stay. So when you really get the big opportunity, you can be ready to roll. But I, I enjoyed it. One thing I tell you is, OKC, it's like a college town. Like, yeah. when it comes to the basketball, like, their yep. fans was unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. And uh, so I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time while I was out there. And uh, those fans, every time I go back, they, they – like, once you're one of theirs, you're one of theirs. Yep. Uh, like, like I, I think they'll forgive KD once he, you know, you know, once it's all said and done, they're going to realize how great – well, we know how great he is. But they're going to realize, like, this is petty. Let, let, let me have my, you know, son back in a sense um, because he was – he's he's Mr. – to me, him and Russell is Mr. OKC. Mm-hmm. Were there, was there any stop – on on your way to having a more solid career that you felt like okay I've made it like this is no I I don't never think that way Andrew I, I I just can't I remember because I guess I've always had this like fighting mentality that like I gotta keep going I gotta keep pushing I gotta keep going I gotta keep pushing and so hey Welcome what, back. what right. just happened we're just keep, we're, just, we're just rolling we're, we're just rolling man we keep oh you rolling. guys were still in here oh yeah yeah we was going. Well, there we go. Yeah. Just you. Uh, so, so uh, I ain't going to lie to you, Andrew. I just kind of keep going, keep going. And then I think when it's all said and done, uh, however long I continue to play, I'll probably be like, man, you know what? Like, now I can kind of take a breath. But I remember listening to Steve Nash when I first came in the league. He was like, man, I came in. I was a 13 pick, and I played behind Jason Kidd and, and Kevin Johnson. And then after that, playing it behind them, I played in Dallas. Like, it's only one way I know how to play, and that's hard. Like, if I don't play hard, somebody else is going to come get my job because I'm not the fastest, I'm not the quickest, I'm not the most athletic. I got to be able to, you know, you know, work on these different things and continue to get better knowing that somebody else can take my spot. Just like Tom Brady. I read something. They said Tom Brady does not let anybody get snaps, reps in practice, ever. But he was a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. So all he, all he knows is – you know, he was drafted in the sixth round. All he knows is like, I got to keep working on somebody going to take it. And so that's the mentality I have. Yeah. You said you're not the fastest. There's people that would say that you're the fastest. Yeah, like literally the fastest. And I, I would like to think I'm I'm like quick. Who's, fa- fast who's faster? Well. Who's faster? You got some fast guys. Like, I think John's fast. I think Russ is fast. De'Aaron Fox is fast. Yeah. Like he He's fast. He looks fast. Like he looks fast. Um, ah, who else? It's just a lot of guys that got you know a lot of speed. Uh, Josh fast. Um, who else? It's a lot of guys with got. I'm talking about with a great pace. Lonzo Ball, he gets to going like he yeah. he he he's fast. So you got different guys who are me. I I play fast. Yes, if I see it, but I'm more like change of pace, change of directions. Uh, and that's kind of how I play. I think it was DeMarcus it, Cousins that said that you were the fastest. Is that right? Yeah. So what, where did that come from? It, like, so Cuz said it. Um, 
that's my guy cuz said it and uh KD has said it back in like 2013-14 when I was playing in Phoenix um so uh that I mean it was a huge compliment from them and cuz you know we're the same draft class I remember we was in RTP class together rookie transition class <laughs> and so that was like guy he, he's cool so uh but yeah I, I mean it's I, I'm not gonna be one to be like no uh-uh, but I just think it's a lot of fast guys and if you're getting it from other guys, I appreciate it, but it's a lot of fast dudes out there. Ish, I got a couple more quick questions for you, if that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I love, I, I love the I love the the treachers of podcasting in 2020. Over Zoom, not in person, <laughs> losing internet. All right. I I I I really want to know how you're gonna answer this. So okay. Scott Brooks earlier this year called you the nicest person on the planet. Oh, I appreciate uh, that. I texted somebody earlier today to ask if they have uh, any ish stories. And they said he's, and uh, one person said he's the best. Another person said, gotta be top 10 people in the NBA. Hard to find somebody better than him as a person. Now I want to know, this is getting him to say that. (laughs) That's what I'm just going to say. This is getting a a little suspicious, a little bit suspicious. I want to know, a time basketball or not that you've walked away from a situation and been like, I was kind of an asshole there. Oh, so let me tell you, it's funny. I'm really, you know, my guy, uh, (laughs) 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 no, so my guy, uh, BG Blake, me and Blake, uh, played together for two years. And so, uh, which is, which is crazy because we would think like Blake is such a, like a butthole or whatever the case is. And uh, so me and BG, we, you know, we, we hung out a lot last year and built a relationship. And uh, he deemed me the nicest butthole he's ever met. And I'm like, bro, what you mean? He was like, you got these people fooled. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, bro. Like, I'm like, cause I'll see something and I'll look at him. He might want to say, he might say it, but I come to him later and be like, bro, did you see that? He'd be like, dog. <laughs> Dog, what what are you doing? Just say it. Like I'm like, no, bro. Like, what do you mean? Like, some things are better kept. Like, why why would I just walk around just saying different things? And it's not not like I I'm not mean. I just see the same thing as other people. I just you know you know don't say it. So uh, or like it this year, man. We'll be sitting there, <laughs> we'll be sitting somewhere, and I see some and look at him, and he would look right at me at the same time, and be like, and we just start busting out laughing. So uh, have I ever had a moment? No, nah, I probably have had tons of moments. But for the most part, you know, I try to treat everybody with respect. Try to treat everybody with honor. And Fred, you know this, once we start joking around, clowning, then I'm like, then I say some stuff and you be like, oh, shucks, like, okay. Like that, that could have went, <laughs> but I had to build a relationship. You can leave and be like, okay, that could have went borderline butthole. But right. I know if she's joking, he's not maliciously like, you know, trying to come at me in the wrong way. Uh, so. I've had, I mean, I've had some moments. I'm sure people, you know, have, have said some things and been like, man, I didn't like that. But it, that's okay. Like, everybody's not going to like you. For the most part, I try to treat everybody with honor and respect. Uh, and if I do that, I, I, I'm okay with, you know, whatever people feel. All right. We got we to gotta end on this important moment. I, I don't know the answer to this question, and I've wanted to know for a long time. So earlier this year, Isaiah Thomas got – ejected from a game like one minute into the game and you were able to be substituted into the game, but, but, but you were running out of the tunnel because you have a pregame tradition of (laughs) starting lineup intros. You run to the locker room to go to the bathroom. 
Yeah. And then you ran back out. And yeah. this is not me embarrassing you with any nah, sort of sources. Nah. You, you said this publicly. Yeah, I don't care. What you said to me after the scrum, though, was that there was a time once where you, you missed being subbed into a game for a similar reason. I don't know what the story is because I never followed up. But I so hold like- on. You mean when I, I – so I was, I was somewhere and I didn't get – so hold on. So I missed that opportunity to get subbed in. I don't know, man. You were the one who said oh, it. It's your I'm life. I'll tell you. Uh, no, no, no. I got to think this because, you know, it's a lot of different teams, a lot of different moments, <laughs> a lot of different situations. So I got to soak this all in. So, Andrew, the story and everybody's story is usually what happens is I go and it's a ritual I started. Don't ask me why. I've only started it here. Don't, don't ask me what and why. So what I would do is when I start coming up the bench and IT was starting, what I would do is go to the back. Take off my pants, go use the bathroom, like mess around with. Glad uh, you take off your pants. Well, the the rip-offs, <laughs> the rip-offs. <laughs> I know, right? Then it would be a mess all of my pants, but just the rip-offs. And so, uh, so what I would do is uh, mess around uh, with everybody that's in the back and then go back there and then just kind of chill and sit back there with uh, Jan when I come out. When I come out, Jan sits at the end of the bench. I come back there and... And we just, you know, scoping the game. So I usually miss, like, like I usually walk out there with, like, the nine-minute mark. You know what I mean? So I tell you whatever the case happened, and everybody's, like, in the back, like, yo, what are you doing? I teach just got ejected. So I take off running to the back. I mean, to the front. I was like, oh, shucks. Like, what the heck happened? Uh, I want to say that the time that happened had to be when I was in – I don't remember it being in, in the NBA – had to be when I was like in college. Man, no, you know what? Maybe it wasn't NBA. You know why I take that back? Maybe it wasn't NBA. Maybe I was playing with Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. And I think I had to use the bathroom. Like, I, I'm be honest with you. I usually, you know, and I think, oh no, you know what the freak happened? Ah, uh, so I have to filter this a little bit. So I remember um, I was playing in Orlando. Yeah, I was playing in Orlando. And so I was a third string. Like I was, you know, playing behind Jameer Nelson and Chris Duhon. And um, so we had played, playing, you know, we was, when you're a young guy, when we were, you know, in the 2010 area, 2011, I think that was 2011-ish, when I was there right after the lockout, came to Orlando. So I remember my really good friend, Earl Clark, um, Von Wafer, uh, we would always play ones. Always play one on ones, play one on ones, play one on ones. So in this particular day, we, you know, we playing one on ones, and so we playing one on ones, playing one on ones, and the next day we come in and we got practice. So we had played that day, the day before the practice. We played the day before. No, I'm sorry, take that back. Not even a practice. We played. Uh, it was a game, and if you, I love, uh, I love Stan Van Gundy. One of my favorite coaches. I love Stan Van Gundy. Like. I promise you, he, he's made me the player I am based upon, like, efficiency, getting better in my shooting and different things like that. Stan and, and Tim Hardaway was huge with that. And so, uh, but takes nothing away. His his workouts, his practices, his, his walkthroughs used to be so freaking long. I'm talking about, so when he got to Detroit, it got better, but they used to be so long. So he would tell you if you got knee pads or not. So we come in, so... The day before the game, we come in, had practice, hard practice. 
me, Earl, Vaughn, play one-on-ones after. Cool. Come in next day, do the same thing. We shoot. Uh, I don't think we did ones this day, but we, you know, we we're going we to do one-on-ones later that day. So we come in, hard workout, me and Brendan Malone. That's my guy. We was in there, like, working hard, like, going at it. And then we come in, and, like, everybody's looking around, and we can't find Chris. Chris is not feeling well. But Chris didn't tell anybody he wasn't going to come in. He just wasn't feeling well. And everybody was looking for Chris, looking for Chris, calling Chris. Uh, I think he had, like, a little stomach bug or something like that. So he wasn't feeling well. And so I'm like, now, I haven't played for Orlando the whole year. I'm like, hold on. Like, y'all about to, like, put me in the game? Like, and then you're trying to think because I – it was when J- Dwight, Jameer, they, you know, who was a veteran team, Rod Anderson, one most improved that year, and uh, Jason Richardson. So I'm like, you know, I, I'm literally not ready. Like, I'm like, okay, cool, let me get mentally prepared, whatever the case is. But I'm thinking to myself, like, he's going to come to the game. I'm not tripping about that. Like, he's going to be at the game because everybody's like, yo, it's just a stomach bug. But we haven't heard from him. So – Come in, I do all my ritual, come in pregame, and we're playing ones, whatever the case is. And I want to say uh, we're expecting him to come. So, you know, we're expecting him to come, whatever the case is. So uh, even up to tip-off, we were expecting him to come. So while we were out there getting ready, I run back, go use the bat, you know, do our thing. And I'm like, I usually sit right beside Pat, Patrick Ewan. So I run to the back. I'm like, man, I got to use the bat. I'll be right back. And he was like, bro. Chris is not playing tonight. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to just run to the back real quick. Jameer, like, he, I know the time when he's going to come in. And so, same thing. Like, he's getting there. I think he gets into some foul trouble. Playing Cleveland. This was uh, this was Kyrie's rookie year. Playing Cleveland. I run to the back. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, yo, where's this? Go get it. And then I'm, like, running back out. And I guess Jameer picked up some, you know, two quick fouls. And uh, that was the other kind of situation, the moment that that happened because I remember like not even like not even wanted not not it not even thinking I was gonna play. Like I was just like, yo, I'm not gonna play for this team. This team's a veteran team. You got Chris Duhart, Jameer Nelson. Like, what am I gonna like? I'm not fitting in here. Like, I'm cool. Let me just play hard and and you know make it hard for them. And then when it's ready to play, you know, if the opportunity comes, I'll be ready. But the opportunity usually comes when you like, okay, he's not coming because he's hurt or banged up. No, he had a stomach bug that hit him, and it came out of nowhere. And so we, I was like, uh, usually you get prepared for these moments. And so uh, – but it worked out. I actually played well and, and ended up coming up here. We played against D.C. and then went back and played against Atlanta. And then that was my three or four games I played with them, and Chris was back, and it was back to the bench. <laughs> I, am, I am fascinated by the pregame bathroom routine. I just think it's incredible to go to the bathroom at the exact same time via schedule 82 times a year. I think that's amazing uh, biological scheduling. And you know what's funny? Don't let it be like a long walk. Like some some like Denver, that was a long walk. Right, because you got to go like, all Fred, the way down that hallway. All the way down. Make that left. And then come yeah. all the way back. Yeah. Uh, Denver was a long walk. Where else? Uh, nah, Phoenix wasn't a long walk. Uh Clippers when the Lakers might have been a little bit of a not really that bad. It should be long walks, and it's good because you so juiced up after warming up. It's good for me. I could. It's really more of like a decompress. Like I go back, just relax, and then come back. Just go use the bathroom, do what I got to do, mess around um, back there a little bit, and then come back and just relax. It's nothing crazy. Well, Ish, I I really really appreciate you uh, 
giving us the time, dealing with my uh, technological issues. <laughs> no worries. You coming down to Orlando? <laughs> I have no idea yet. They haven't said for sure what the deal is with media yet. So it sounds like it's going to be super restrictive. So my guess would be no, but I don't know. I would love to go. Yeah, we'll see, man. I, I, I think, um, you know, like I said, you don't want to look past the moments and the things that's going on right now. And we won't. Uh, but I think um, if we do play, which if you ask me, I, I think, you know, we probably will continue to push on. I think guys are going to enjoy it. I, I really do. I think it'll be like a little AAU tournament, a little AAU feel. Uh, and I don't think guys will forget about what's going on. Um, we still got to do so much work. Uh, and we still got a, a virus that's going on. So it, it is so many things and so many, so much stuff is going on in the world. Um, and so it'll get better. I always got peace. So I, it, it will get better. But I do know that you have to have a specific mindset. You have to have a different thing to go, you know, do certain things, you know, talking about it is great. And once you put that kind of speech and talk in the air, now you have to go, you know, we got to go be about it. But I, I truly believe it, it will and it is going to get better. But, you know, you got to have peace to, you know, passes beyond all understanding. Yeah, for sure. And you yeah. guys, you guys get to deal with uh, all the bubble rules that came out last night, like having to throw out playing cards every time <laughs> you play with them. So hold on, I, I haven't even read all the rules. I just know they said there's like, a, there's a rule you guys have to throw out playing cards every time you play with them. Which which having been around NBA teams, there are a lot of playing cards that are gonna yeah. Be but guys want to play like the new cards aren't as good because you they're not been it's, it's yeah. I guess you were wearing them. I don't know. I guess so. I don't you're gonna know. have so you basically like playing. Then once you're done with that, bringing another one. Oh, look. I guess that's like one of the one of the rules that you're supposed to do, but I yeah, feel I, like that's one that's not going to be uh, no, 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 followed. Yeah, and that's what I think. Sometimes a little bit of the frustration for the guys because there's so much. But we're in a we're in a different time. We're in a weird time with the virus and, and what's going on in the world. So so we we have to be very precautionary. Use very you know precautionary reasons and ways to be safe and different things like that. So cool. Well, thank you so much, Ish. Got you, bro. Uh, if uh, you can subscribe to Wizards After Dark, wherever you listen to podcasts, head on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, leave a nice review. Uh, if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, you can check out my story from this morning. Spoke to John Wall for a really long time about Black Lives Matter and about his 202 Assist program, which is fundraising for people who can't afford to pay their rent in Ward 8. They've raised $410,000 already, which is like, it's incredible. He says he wants to get up to 600,000 by uh, Monday, which is their deadline. And, and he seems hopeful they might be able to do that. And John's just doing incredible work in that area of the city. And uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about Orlando. We, we talked about, uh, you know, how he believes people should be voting in local elections more and Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. and all these important issues in the world today. So go check that out on The Athletic DC. If you want to subscribe, you can get 40% off. You go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark. That's theathletic.com slash wizards after dark. That's $36 for an annual subscription there. Uh, I'll be back next week. Thanks to Ish. Thanks to Andrew. I'll talk to you guys then.